Let's go over the first episode of the Winning Program podcast with EJ and Dominic. What's up, Dominic? What's up? I'm happy to be on this podcast, the Winning Program podcast. I love doing basketball podcasts. I've done one before. It's pretty fun. Let's go. All right. So for today, we're going to be focusing on the Western Conference Finals games. Um, we're going to review the Suns and Clippers games one and two and a preview for the upcoming game three tonight. We're also going to have a reaction to the Hawks and Bucks first game of the Eastern Conference Finals and our thoughts going forward. Um, we'll also talk about the draft lottery, but really only the number one overall pick and what that means for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of questions about the Phoenix Suns. So without further Let's get into it. All right. Sons so of as four? we know, this, uh, okay, okay, calm down, calm <laughs> Bro, down. Sons of four so as happening. we know, <laughs> as we know, the Suns are up two zero on the Clippers. In context, right. Chris Paul hasn't played a game due to COVID protocols, and Kawhi hasn't played due to an ACL injury. Going into right. Game Three, um. Chris Paul's coming back, but there's no Kawhi. So what does that mean for the Suns? It gives the Suns the uh, clear advantage because they they got their star player back and the Clippers are still missing one of their stars. So it's it's the Suns' way. But this Clippers team is still good because even without Kawhi, still two very close games. And arguably, they could have won game two if it wasn't for Paul George and him missing the two clutch free throws. Oh, definitely, definitely. For me, I think they could have won game one as well because as we saw, that game was close all the way into the end, you know. Um, there were just a couple of adjustments that needed to be made. But really, I feel like this series is almost over barring some magical comeback because the Clippers blew their best two chances at a win so far in this series. Two games without Chris Paul. One game that the Suns didn't shoot especially well and Devin Booker went off in like the second half, right? That was game yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And then game two, Paul George doesn't play well, but neither is Devin Booker who's getting literally clamped by Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. And Clippers are literally five seconds away from winning just two free throws. Their star player can't make any of them. And then all you have to do is stop the backdoor lob to the rim and what do they do? <laughs> weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for they give, it. Yep, they give the backdoor lob. So it was insane. But yeah, this series being 0-2, I think all the powers in the all the powers in the Suns' hands, and they really take it tonight. Really, I think they might take it tonight because if they run some pick and rolls, um, do you think? Wait, wait, wait. Before, yep. before we get into that, do you think the Clippers are going to go small? Are they going to play Zubak? I think I think they'll play Zubak again. I think because defense is mainly what they're trying to do. I think they'll probably try to shut down DA too. Because he had a good game last game. He had like 24 points, 14 rebounds. So I think they'll try shutting him down along with Booker. So I think they'll go big. Yeah, I agree with that. DA has really hurt them in both games. His rebounding, and mainly it's offensive rebounding, because even if they do play Zubak or Cousins, every once in a while they do go small, and then they have, like, Batum as the biggest dude on the court. Yeah. And 
the tomb was getting pushed out of the way by All right, so now knowing this and knowing just what leadership and offensive attention that Chris Paul gets, what's your series prediction? I think it's going to be, um, I think it'll be Suns and five. I think Clippers will win a game. I don't, I could see him getting swept, but I don't know. I don't, it's too hard for that to happen. But I think Suns and yeah, five. Definitely. I mean, in the first two series of these NBA playoffs, as we saw versus Dallas and versus Utah, the Clippers went down 0-2 in both of those series. In the first series, Kawhi was healthy the whole series, and they won in seven after being down 0-2. And then in the last series, they went down 0-2. They tied it up at 2-2, and then Kawhi got injured. So Paul George was able to carry them through those next two wins. But just looking at the Sun team, the amount of shooters that they have, um, and Mikhail Bridges on Paul George is working immaculately. Yeah, it's doing well. Mikhail Bridges is such a great defender. Um, and if Paul George isn't able to attack um, Devin Booker, like get switches onto Booker enough, and he just can't play well, yeah, I think it's going to be Suns in five or six. So I will give the clip. There's a chance to win two games, possibly, but they would really have to turn up. But I'm leaning Suns in five. Yeah, I think it's just a better team. I think this. I think it's was the Suns here, honestly. Yeah, it's, it definitely is because you know. I mean, obviously, you could sit here and talk about injuries, but there's never any NBA championship that injuries don't play a part in. And the fact that the Suns have been able to stay together, stay almost completely healthy and fight their way through the defending champions and the Lakers, the MVP and his shorthanded team, and then a good Clippers team even without Kawhi in their own right. Man, the Suns have done really well. And they're booking their ticket possibly to the NBA finals. We'll see. They're, they're two wins away. I, I think they'll Definitely. get those two wins very soon. Yep. Yep. Can't wait to watch. Now let's get into um the disappointment of yesterday. The Bucks. The Hawks. And- the Bucks. Coach Budenholzer. I, I really feel I could do a better job coaching that team than that, man. He is terrible. Absolutely terrible. What did he do? That's terrible. They couldn't lock down Trey Young, who had forty-eight points. Of course, you couldn't lock down Trey Young. So here's the first thing: we saw the Brooklyn Nets series. While Kevin Durant was the only healthy star player in that series, Kevin Durant is incredible. He's an all-time great scorer. Thing is, what did he do to get his points? He would get pick and roll. If he wasn't going off ball and getting screens to get open shots, he was getting the ball, calling for a screen, getting a switch onto Brooke Lopez, who would drop and give Kevin Durant the mid-range shot. It was that simple. Kevin Durant would get that easy mid-range shot that you know he hits nine times out of nine. It's not even nine times out of ten because that shot's automatic. And you're sitting there saying, oh, why is Brooke Lopez still playing? He's really just a defensive liability. And he's not even making that many threes on the other side of the court. But we're just sitting here and hoping that Coach Bud is going to think of something good to do. We get to the Hawks series, game one. Brooke Lopez starts. 
And how do they guard the Hawks' only source of offense, the pick and roll? They drop coverage. Trey Young gets the switch. He's open in the mid range. Guess what that is? An easy Trey Young floater. He literally took nine, was it nine or ten shots in the mid range this game? Absolutely insane. Yeah. Because every single one of them are open because they can't guard him. Coach Bud's still coaching for his job at this point. It doesn't even look like the Bucks are going to fire him. What do you think? Honestly, I mean, I don't think they'll fire him because I mean they did they did better than even if they lose the series they did better than last year. So, but I still think the Bucks will come out on top in the series. I'd, I'd probably say like six. I think they'll adjust. All right, all right. Because if we go to the box score here, man. Trey Young, Let's forty-eight points, forty-eight points, eleven assists, seven rebounds. Yeah, that's a near triple double. Just seventeen of thirty-four. Yes, we know he's a volume shooter, so his efficiency is not always going to be the best. And four of thirteen from three. But the main way he got his points were in the mid-range. He kept on getting open floaters, like that, like that. Yeah. Um, but Coach Bud did make me happy because kind of into the second half, he started switching Giannis to the center position along with a smaller yeah. lineup around that and starting to switch more matchups. So that made it a little harder for Trey Young in the second half. I think he ended the first half with like 30-something points and he finished with 48, which means they were able to somewhat slow him down when they played Giannis at that center. And like I said... They finally got um, Brooke Lopez off the court. He played 20 minutes that whole game, and most of them came in the first half, so that was good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Chris Middleton for the Bucks? Yeah, I was just going to say, looking at Chris Middleton, going from 0 from 9 from 3-point, that doesn't help the win at all. I think that's, Not at all. I think that's one of like the main factors of the loss. Because if, if he made one of those 3-pointers, uh, they would have been tied, went to overtime. And I do think the Bucks would have won that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he shot 6 of 23 from the field overall. And I think that comes out to like 26, 27%. Like, mm. that's horrendous. Come on, man. Just two more field goals I mean, they could have won by a point. Definitely, definitely. And he missed a three to tie the game to send it into overtime. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he played bad with that 15, 4, and 5. But um, my only concern is Giannis and Drew Holiday played well. But Chris Middleton didn't. I think that's what affected him. Played well, but they didn't win. (laughs) They played really well. Like, you got an unusually good game from Drew Holiday. Yeah, 33-10. Yeah. Did you see his three-point shooting? What was it, like 5 of 12? Am I right? Yeah, wait, let me see. Yeah, 5 of 12. Exactly. Like, Drew Holiday was going out there. He was hitting contested threes, like, when the Bucks' offense was slowing down, getting into that dumb isolation game instead of actually running plays. Drew Holiday mm-hmm. was there fixing empty possessions, getting quick buckets, you know. Um, when Giannis switched to center, they were running pick and rolls. Giannis was getting lobs, dunking the ball, getting the momentum yeah. to Milwaukee. Um I think Giannis played well. The only problem I had with him was shot two threes. Are you shooting threes? Yeah. You know, he can't 
I mean, he just doesn't knock down the threes, but other than that, he almost had a near triple-double, so great game from him, yeah. Andrew Holiday. I didn't watch the whole game, but did you see that one viral play? So Which about Giannis was at the top of the key, and he got switched on to Trey Young, like the Trey Young that's like six feet tall. Yeah. Like it seems, it seems like he's a hundred pounds lighter than Giannis. Oh yeah, I saw that play. Yeah. Yes. Why is Giannis taking a fadeaway in that scenario when his job is to go straight into Trey Young <laughs> and then at the rim? Giannis has a whole foot on Trey. I think he could have. Well, he definitely could have took it into the rim. Honestly. Definitely, and he made it hard on himself with that face. Uh, he's probably trying to become more like a shooter. <laughs> um, you, you you never shoot in that position. If you got a foot over someone, you know, you're gonna go to the rim. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He should have taken it to the rim. Pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, Budenholzer, yeah, Budenholzer. Um, as much as I don't like him. I think he made a couple moves in the right direction. Bobby Portis played 15 minutes tonight. Lopez played 20. I'll be interested to see how many more minutes Portis will get than Lopez in the next game, or if Lopez will even start. So that's um a pretty big question mark. If Portis doesn't um, start, I think he should still get more minutes. Oh, yes, I, definitely. I think he's an impact. Because in 14 minutes, he almost had a double-double. So. Yes. He had 11-8. What was the stat line? 11-8, yeah, that's good. I think it was 11-8. Okay, okay. That's good. So, um, yeah. So, if the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks should win this series, you know? They should. It just, they just have to find a way to stop Trey Young, you know? Make the other dudes hurt you. Make, like, John Collins hurt you. Kevin Herter hurt you. Or, like, um... Bogdanovich, like I would, I would let those dudes try to beat me in a seven-game series rather than just letting Trey Young have all the fun. Or uh, Capella, or Capella, or someone like that. But yeah, it's Capella, definitely. Yeah, Capella can do whatever he wants. Um, no disrespect, I mean, still possibly a top five center in the league. Not that type of offensive impact player. He's a top five center. taking shots. Possibly, possibly. We'll see. Could be. Now, um, I want to get into the draft lottery. Well, I don't really care about the draft lottery because my OKC didn't get a top two pick. They should have. Um, they should have. They should have got Kate coming. I know. <laughs> no, it was because of those late games, late season games that we won. Can't believe we won those games. I don't know why. Didn't this sound like a... <laughs> Did they still have like eleven percent chance to get first pick? Yeah, they had an eleven percent chance, but like other teams had like fourteen. And oh, I still don't understand how Toronto fell into the top four. Like that just <laughs> Toronto in the top four. Yeah, I couldn't imagine Toronto the... with the lottery pick. Yeah. Um Warriors also got picked seven and fourteen. You know, you put seven yeah. fourteen together. Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, I think you could low-key get an all-star for that team again. With the seventh pick, they could definitely get someone good. Mm-hmm. Um, With the Pistons, yes. they're going to have a young lineup. Yes. Pistons, there's no reason they don't take Kate Cunningham, right? 
No. The, he, he's the conscience number one overall. Okay. So you take Kate Cunningham. My only question is, how good would this Pistons team be? But before you answer that, we have to think about the East this year. East was stacked. You know yeah. the two teams that missed the playoffs from the play-in? The Pacers and the Hornets. We all know how good those teams are. And then the lower seeds, you had the Celtics, you had the Wizards. Um, you had good teams. Yeah, the Knicks, the Hawks. Yes, the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks, the Hawks. Celtics. Does that... Sixers. Yes, does that... Everyone, yeah, everyone. Sixers were number one overall, so they were the first seed, so they don't really matter in this context. Yeah. But does this Cade Cunningham really make the Pistons a play-in team, a playoff team? Does that really push them over the likes of, like, LaMelo Ball and the Hornets or, like, the Pacers, who, in fact, just got a new head coach? I still think they're a young team, so... I think it'll it'll definitely take some time. I wouldn't I wouldn't hire my expectations for the Pistons this year. They're still a young team, and if wouldn't, they trade, so you... what if they trade Mason Pumley? Yeah, I think I think they'll be in tank mode. Do you think they're gonna fall into the lottery again in twenty twenty two? Yeah, they will. Okay, the chances aren't there for them to go to like the playoff, but who knows? It's just a still a young team, young, raw, talented team. Yeah, Mason Plumley is owed, I think, eight mil, or eight, no, like sixteen mil over the next two seasons. So I don't know if Detroit wants to get that off the books. Um, if they want to tank, goes. they can get good. They they could probably get value for him. So. Yeah, but he's not even that good. So if they want to tank, they might as well just play him forty-eight minutes a game. <laughs> or that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess that's how we're going with the lottery. Um, now a question for your favorite team and one of your favorite players. You, as Let's a Phoenix Suns fan, in the 2018 draft, yep. you took DeAndre Ayton out of the University of Arizona. Over Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Yes. You picked DeAndre Ayton. Now, after what I believe were the first two underwhelming seasons, he's come out this year, and mm. with the freedom that yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Booker give him, he's played incredibly, most definitely in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Looking at it, and looking at his recent performances, is DeAndre Ayton really a top five center in the NBA? Top five center in the league? Yes. I think he he can make his case up there, especially uh, this season and the postseason. Even if he does well, if he does really good the rest of this postseason, leads leads the Suns to the play or the finals, I think he should be considered top five. All right, all right, because the there are two people you could definitively the definitively put up above him. You have Embiid and Jokic, Jokic, the two MVP front runners. Those dudes are incredible. Those two, those two dudes, I believe, can be number one options on a championship level team. So oh, yeah. they're in a category of their own. Definitely, definitely, definitely soft players. And after that, 
we all saw how bad Rudy Gobert was versus the Clippers. Yeah, not a top five center. He he brings something defensively in the regular season, but he's a liability defensively in the playoffs, and he can't Just even didn't score work in the basketball. Yeah, scoring's his number one issue. I think that's what Aiden got better at. Like, cause I saw him take mid ranges in game two, and him just hitting. Oh him, yeah, definitely. That definitely yeah, increased his. Yeah, his confidence is through the roof right now. You know, he's taking on, he's he's taking on dudes his size like Zubac mm-hmm. confidently in the post. Like these are things that like last season, you know, he would pass out of a lot. You know, I w- I was really unhappy yeah. with him last year because I thought he was really passive, like especially in the bubble. Very. When Booker was going off, I wasn't really happy with Aiton's play. But right now, he's really aggressive, going into mm-hmm. every matchup and just trying to win. I really like it. Yeah, his shooting is like, that's why he's top five. His shooting and his scoring has definitely gotten better. And his uh, aggression, him not being as passive. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, Bam Adebayo didn't have a great year this year you know the mm-hmm. fatigue from the bubble the finals run for the miami heat last year yeah. um injuries and then a really poor first round where they got swept um there's an argument between bam and um bam and Aiton because on one hand bam and bam's, a, bam's a much better defender bam can guard on the perimeter oh, really yeah. well he can guard he's a great rim protector bam's really versatile in that sense yeah. Then when it comes to offense, while Aiton doesn't have a three-point shot, neither does Bam. But Bam doesn't have a mid-range. Aiton has a mid-range. Aiton's out here pulling up, and Aiton's really aggressive inside. I would say that he's stronger than Bam, so it's, mm-hmm. he's able to get to the rim a little easier. Um, so I really do think that puts Aiton as a top five center in the league because I think he's better than Capella, who could be number five. It's really between him three and four versus Bam. You He's could throw. Incredible. You could probably put Carl um, Anthony Towns up there, probably like at three or oh. four. Oh man, I forgot about Cat. Bye bye Capella. He... <laughs> bye bye Capella. <laughs> yeah, Capella. He's top ten, but Cat top six now. Top six now. Top six. My bad. Cat. Um, I think he's. I think he should be third. Yeah, for Aiden, yeah. for Aiden, I don't think Aiden should be third. I think it's just just gotta wait on it. It's definitely coming. Um, and with yeah. this playoff performance, man, you know Aiden's due for that rookie max. Phoenix yeah, has to give it to him, right? It. I see Phoenix giving it to him. Yeah, I think Phoenix okay, okay. would, especially their postseason run. How he's playing, he's playing better. I think Phoenix mm-hmm. will give it to him. Chris Paul is owed $44 million if he's to accept his player option next year, but the rumors coming out is that he's going to decline it and look for a three-year $100 I mean, million deal. Instead of 44 the first year would be 34 which is a 10 mil pay cut to help the Suns. Suns have to... Okay, sorry, I think I cut out... But um, the Suns have to pay Chris Paul, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they'd have to pay Chris Paul. Um, if he's going to be there for another two to three years, yeah, they'll have to pay him. But it'll be tough for their cap. Yeah, you guys are going to go and you 
that's going to go heavy into the luxury tax because Devin Booker is on that mat- big deal that he signed like a year or two ago. Chris Paul's going to be on that three years, 100. Aiton's going to be on the rookie max. So by then, you're already deep in the luxury tax. Yeah. And also, you have to remember that um, next season is Mikael Bridges' last season on his rookie deal. He's going to be making like 5.6 mil a season. Yeah. And after that, he's probably asked for like 15 to 20. What are you going to do? <laughs> he's going to want 15 to 20. Um. They might, they might have to. Um, they probably have to start, I guess, cutting players to give this young talent and this young core the money, because this is a good young core. I mean, we've seen it in the postseason; they're making a good playoff run. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't give the money, especially for Bridges and Aiton and Paul. Just the way this team's played, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, paying these dudes is going to become tough. Um, one way you could help it is um, one way that you could help it is Dario Saric is owed almost twenty million over the next two seasons. Yeah, that dude got to go. <laughs> Dario uh, I think I think he's only got to go. Years. He's like on a three-year twenty-seven mil. Yeah, he's and you know um, with the contract that he's on, it's like. Um, the it goes up like five percent each year, you know, something like that. So it's yeah. he's owed almost twenty million over the next two seasons. The dude got to go. He's he's not worth it. I don't think he's worth it either, especially his minutes. He's getting like limited minutes. Mm-hmm. He's still getting a big, big pay. I think. Yeah, you should Definitely. go. And then it's so in it's in terrible contrast because he's getting limited minutes, getting all the money. Cameron Payne is out here saving the Phoenix Suns, and he's on a minimum contract. They they should give that money to Payne, honestly. Because like, I think he posted 29 points and 9 assists. So, I mean, he did great in starting for Chris Paul for these past two games. There's definitely a possibility, though, where you have to either look into paying either Payne or Mikel Bridges, and in that case, you pay Mikel Bridges, correct? They're correct. I mean, because the way pain, the way pain is playing right now. Yes, he's on a minimum, but he could seriously ask for seven to ten million from any team next year. He could. He, he'll probably. He can try pushing. You know, free agency. But I see him. I think he stays with Phoenix. It all depends, though. It really depends because if, it, like, let's say the Suns win the championship. Yeah. Cameron Payne's gone. In my opinion, Cameron Payne's gone. Because there's so many players in this mm-hmm. league that once they win that championship, you know, it's all about money. You know, some gonna players go, they'll sacrifice. Yeah, they sacrifice money for, you know, the championship. And then, you know, it's it's time to get paid after they get the one ring, you know. Yeah, not everyone's definitely. out here have, have, Not everyone's out here trying to have a legacy like Michael Jordan, LeBron James. One hundred percent. They would definitely give the money to the younger talent or the starters too, the younger starters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I see why Cameron Payne would leave if the Suns do win the title. Yeah, you probably try getting um, a starting job somewhere else. Who knows? Yep. 
And doing all this, um, obviously the Suns have a great chance to win the NBA Finals this year. Don't they you do. think this will be their best chance in the next three to four years? Oh, yeah. They definitely have a good opportunity now because they don't have LeBron, they don't have Curry in the finals still. Kawhi, yeah. Yeah, they don't have oh, Kawhi Nets. either. Yeah, the Nets, Kevin Durant, Harden, Kyrie all out. So, yeah, it's definitely gotten it's definitely gotten an easier path for the Suns for sure. This year they have to do it if they want to win a championship because yeah. my idea of the current NBA right now is that LeBron still has two to three more years. You know, if he's Curry. healthy. And then the Next Super great. Team. Yep. Yeah, the Nets Super Team too. It's going to be crazy. Yep, and then the Lakers are probably going to go out into free agency or make a trade to get a third star, you know. And you do that, they're back to trying to run, run the West. Yeah, I think the West, the West and East still both be very competitive next year. Really competitive, um, and then depending on what Philly does with um, Ben Simmons, you know, they could actually try to help Embiid. They could have traded yeah. Simmons back in uh, what was it, October, November? December? It was like it was like January or January, no, January. Yeah, it was January. Yeah, I got confused. James Harden. I think that would have been a better move for him. You know what the break? You know what people say the breaking factor was. What was the breaking factor? It was that Houston wanted Tyrese Maxey. Oh, yeah. Tyrese Maxey is good. Yeah. If you have the opportunity to get James Harden and pair him with Joel Embiid, those are two top ten players in the NBA. Yeah, wasn't it going to be Ben Simmons and uh, Tyrese Maxey? It was going like, to be like Simmons, Max. It was gonna, so it was going to be something like Simmons, Maxey, um, Thibault, another player and a couple picks for then Harden and then one of the bad contracts on Houston. Yeah. I, I think the Sixers should have taken the opportunity. Yeah. It would have been a good gonna, fit. going to regret that. But yeah, going back to the Suns, my only concern is that Chris Paul is not getting any younger and he still has his injury problems. And regardless mm-hmm. of how good this team is, Devin Booker won't be able to lead them as a single star, you know. DeAndre, no. even as good as DeAndre Ayton is, he's going to have to make an even bigger jump. And then along with that, they would still need more shot creation. You can't have Devin Booker as the only shot creator on this yeah. roster. Yeah, that's from like three point shooting. From like, I mean, just shot countries. shot creation in general. You don't give the ball to Mikael Bridges or Jay Crowder to ISO against no. a player get a bucket for you that's -hmm. what you do for chris paul devin booker players like that you know so you would so as chris paul ages you need to be able to get another scorer that can give you points off the dribble campaigns are good for that but it'll just like you said it'll be harder to bring him back especially after the successful postseason and younger players wanting the money yep so we'll really see um Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, you can always run in the draft. You know, there are always great draft gems in the yeah. late first round, early second round. You guys are going to get a late first round pick just because of how far you've already gone in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Oh, no, no, no. You traded that pick to OKC, huh? 
Oh yeah, I think it's yeah. Well, I think it was part of the OKC trade. Yeah, it probably was. So you might have a second rounder though that might help pick up uh, someone. You know, you never know how good someone can be. We got Nikola Jokic, a second rounder. He's an NBA MVP now. Yeah, forty first overall pick. Late yeah, second insane. round. I think it was like the latest insane. latest pick. Uh, MVP one. Yes. It, no. That you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Is picking MVP ever one, yeah. So that's like the eleventh pick in the second round. That's late. Very late. That's like nineteen what, nineteen picks away from the draft being over? Yeah, basically because we only go sixty picks. Alright. The Nuggets will definitely be back next year. Yeah. And now to close this with one last question. What's this question from this amazing winning program podcast? The last question from episode one. You have a couple players here, right? Left yeah. in the playoffs. So if I get a if I get a pen, let me write this down real quick. On the Phoenix Suns we have Booker. Paul. We have Chris Paul. On the Clippers that are healthy we have Paul George. On can't, the can't count Kawhi. Uh, no, nah, can't count Kawhi. He's injured. Um, and on the Bucks we have Giannis. On the Hawks we have Trey Young. Yeah, these are five players. Rank them from one to five, or five to one. Any order you want to go. No, I saw go five. Okay. So out of those five. I'm going to say, I'm going to put, hmm, that's tough. Okay, this might be controversial, but I might have to put Trey last. Interesting. I have to. And then, (laughs) and then fourth, it'll probably be, it'll be Booker fourth. Okay. And then Paul George third. Mm. And then who am I missing? Giannis and Chris Paul. Giannis and Chris Paul. And then it goes. Then it go Chris Paul, and then Giannis. That's my list. Right. That See, was a hard list. list. And I completely disagree. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I just don't. Alright, let's hear this. No, I know, I know. Everyone has their ways of thinking. 100%. But for me, the my list is number five is Chris Paul. He's a good player, great playmaker, good defender still at this point in his career, but he doesn't have the offensive. I mean, he doesn't have the scoring impact as much. When oh. he gets in that mid-range, he's literally a top five scorer in the league. But other than that, you know, I mean... Sometimes sometimes his box score for me just feels underwhelming in his performance sometimes. I don't know, oh, yeah. it's just me. And he is I, getting older. Yeah. I just said overall, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I just can't put Chris Paul at low. Like, overall, what he's done. Yeah. That's line. Um, and then for me, um, number four, based on these playoffs, like what I've seen in these playoffs, number four is Paul George. He's been really good at some stretches, 
really bad at others. It's just inconsistency for him. He could be yeah. as high as number two on here, but he's just so inconsistent sometimes. Um, and then number three, and number three, I'm going with Booker. He books incredible. Number two is Trey Young. Just because Trey Young has gone through this whole postseason as the only shot creator on his team. Yeah. The only shot creator on his team. Devin Booker had Chris Paul alongside him, and obviously you would profit off of having Chris Paul by your side. Yeah, so, obviously. yeah, I have to give it to Trey Young. And then number one, the dude I think has to win the finals this year, or it will be a hit on his legacy. Giannis. Giannis. I mean, let's think about it. The Bucks have put together a great team. Yes, they should have done better with that trash coach. You know, I could be a better coach. Just give me my 2K playbook and I'd run all those 50 plays over and over. That's, easy, no, that's I an easy even, coaching job. I wouldn't even run 50 plays. I'd just run Giannis pick and rolls every single play of the game and then keep all my shooters in the corners, you know? So once they finally have to start helping on Giannis, you just pass it to, like, P.J. Tucker in the corner. Easy three. That's, a, that's an easy coaching job. If you have a 2K playbook. <laughs> yes. Man, these boys are going to have to pay me millions of dollars a year just to bring my 2K CD with me every game just to pick random plays. It still works. Still, gets your, still wins the games. Um, so before we head out, boss, and you're going to make the closing statement. Let's go. What's the score going to be tonight to Clippers? Clippers Suns? Clippers. I think it'll be... in LA. Okay. Well, let me try... It'll be 117, 117, 113, Suns. All right. IMO. All right. Okay. Um, uh, both teams shot pretty poorly last game. Um, both coaches are going to look to improve the offense. That's going to open up more spaces. Yeah. Um, going for a higher scoring game. I'm looking like 125. 118 Clippers. Clippers? We'll see. I think I, either Flippers. team can win. Either Flippers. team can win. All oh, the flippers? Yes. What if, they go, what if they just flip the whole series? You had to call them the Ellie Flippers. Man, that would be incredible. But Man, um, I, I, I could oh, never sorry. see it happening. Mm. Yeah, for those five players that are still left, like talent wise, definitely, definitely Trey Young's up there. But I just went off overall. Yeah, definitely. So that's why I put yeah. Chris Paul second. Mm-hmm. He's a great player, and his impact is the amount of defensive attention that he draws because he's just so good. He's a threat anywhere on the court, you know. Yeah, he brung the Suns. defense. He brung the Suns from a ten seat to the West to a second seat. So I think that's incredible. Great impact, yep. yeah. And so inspirational. He's he's an inspirational player. His leadership, you know, inspirational. So much for flight. All right, boss. You can make your closing remarks. Well, I mean, that's gonna do it for the episode one of the Winning Program podcast. We'll make Let's another go. one. We'll make another one real soon. Let's go. What do you have to say, boss? Boss, you on this one. Nothing more. You know, um, Milwaukee got to start winning. 
Clippers need to start actually putting the ball in the basket and learning how to defend. Yeah, it's that simple. We'll we'll see if they make the changes. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast and make the changes. Yeah, I might have to send this to Tyron Lou. You know, try to get his team back together. Try to get the Clippers back on our home track. LeBron needs LeBron to come help him coach his team again. Dude, do you think Bron can be a better coach than Lou? Uh, I don't know. He, because, you know, LeBron would run isolos for half of those games, you know, and just say, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> I don't know who else is going to do that. Maybe Paul George, Kawhi Leonard could. Yeah. The, the run isos, like iso game on the yes. Nets. And rip the Nets. Fans must still be in disarray. disarray. Rip the Nets. Yeah, they'll come back next season. Alright, that's going to do it for the first episode. Thanks for listening. Next episode coming soon. See you.